Philosophy talk is more than just pun and games. Hume, do you think, was the greatest philosophical punster? I really can't say. I don't get it. To understand puns is to understand misunderstanding, a worthy philosophical goal. John and Ken walk down the street. John walks into a bar. Ken ducks. I don't get it. If Nietzsche thought he was Jesus, would he say, God is dad? I don't get it. Existentialist puns are a lost sart. I don't get it. Count Fick and Hegel are playing cards. They all say, ideal. I don't get it. John, aren't puns just some antics? No, they rise to the level of semantics. An age of information overload, layering in uh, several meanings, is key to capturing and, and holding people's attention. Our guest is John Pollock, author of The Pun Also Rises, more than just pun and games. I don't get it. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner at Stanford, where Ken teaches philosophy, and I did for 40 years. 40 wonderful years, John. And now today's topic is puns. We're calling the episode More Than Just Pun and Games. Ken, there's a current events angle to this show. Oh, how so? Well, didn't you find a Democratic convention, Hilarious? Oh, God, John, that's awful. You need to stick to philosophy, dude. You need to stop trying so hard to be a political pundit. Not bad, Ken, not bad. So, look, John, I, I like puns as much as the next guy, but I'm not sure they're all that philosophically interesting, so I'm going to pass. No, I'm going to punt the ball to you so you can explain why they're, they're interesting. I think any student of language should love puns. Most are based on the interplay of sound and meaning, on ambiguity and misunderstanding the very stuff of most philosophy. Well, I, I grant those are, those are interesting topics. I, I grant you that. Plus, there's the interesting question of why some people like me love puns and others like you, well, let's say, are less enamored of them. Well, that's psychology, though, not philosophy. What, what I want to know, I love psychology, but what I want to know is, are there any philosophical ideas or theories that are, you know, essentially based on puns? Well, yeah, I mean, some are, and, and it goes beyond philosophy. Puns in poetry, politics, all over. Some people even claim that puns were crucial to the development of civilization. Oh, come on. Crucial to the development of civilization? Surely you just... Puns are just uh, trivial wordplay. Well, didn't you ever hear of the punic wars between oh, Rome and Carthage? God. At any rate... Not any old wordplay counts as a pun, and they aren't always trivial. Okay, so tell me, Mr. Wise One, what's so special about puns so I can start thinking about how they might have influenced civilization? A pun is a joke exploiting the different possible meanings of a word, or the fact that there are words that sound alike but have different meanings. So you're reading your dictionary now, right? So yeah. puns are sort of like linguistic analogs of optical illusions, if your dictionary definition is right, except that instead of seeing uh, the same object in two different ways, in a pun, you understand the same word in two different ways. Well, yes, puns are wordplay, but not all wordplay counts as puns, depending on where you want to draw the line. Shakespeare has Romeo saying, Juliet is the sun. That's a play on words, but it's more a metaphor than a pun. You said that puns are jokes. That The dictionary says that. But do puns really have to be uh, funny? Think of Roosevelt. I think it's a pun on fear. We have nothing to fear except fear itself. That's not funny. Well, I, I tend to agree with you that 
puns don't have to be funny, but I don't think that's a very good example because I'm not sure that's a pun. Well, isn't it kind of a grammatical pun like Oscar Wilde's pun in his title, The Importance of Being Earnest? Well, I don't mean to quibble, but I'm not convinced uh, about either of those. Oh, well, look, look, okay, forget that. Back to my original question. Can you give me a single example, John, of a great philosophical idea based on a pun? Well, think of Hume's term impression. Well, I know that word. That's the word he used for sensations like in vision and hearing and such, right? Right. He distinguished between impressions, uh, sensory things, and ideas, uh, memories or recollections of those things. The term impression suggests the common sense view that sensory perception involves external objects literally pressing against our physical sense organs and leaving mental impressions of themselves behind. Well, well, where's the pun in that, John? Let alone the fun. Where's the pun? <laughs> yeah. Well, the pun is that Hume doesn't accept that picture at all. Uh, he, he doesn't think external objects are there to do the pressing. He's not even sure external objects make any sense. But he keeps the term impression and our common sense associations with it anyway to motivate his theory. He's punning in an ironic sort of way. Well, that's cool. Hume as ironic punster. I, ne I never thought of him that way. Puns can sneak up in all sorts of places. Think of Citizens United. You mean the Supreme Court case that said that since corporations are persons, they have free speech rights and so can spend all the money they want on elections? Yeah. At the heart of that decision, it seems to me, were puns on the word speech and person. Oh, come on, John. You're saying this is one of the most momentous court decisions in recent history, and you're saying it turns on a play of on words? Well, yeah. I mean, it has to. I mean, you can look at all the mumbo-jumbo they quote from previous decisions, but in the end, it's just getting from a guarantee that human beings can say and think what they want that's the Constitution, to the result that corporations, of all things, can spend all the money, of all things, that they want to influence elections. They had to be punning, however unwittingly, on two distinct meanings of the words person and speech. One meaning that applies to living, breathing organisms and what comes out of their mouths. Another that applies to disembodied legal fictions and what comes out of their coffers. So you think they were making a deliberate joke? The Supreme Court was making a deliberate joke? Well, I don't think it was a joke. I mean, the decision itself is sort of a joke. But the underlying pun, I'm sure that was pretty unwitting. It was kind of like what Wittgenstein called language on a holiday. But you can get into a lot of trouble when you go on holidays. No, this, it led to a deadly serious error in logic. That's interesting, John. So now you got the idea of an unwitting pun. That, that's kind of a novel idea, I think. I'm not aware that it's ever been treated in a novel, but it's kind of a new idea. All the more reason we philosophers need to pay attention to puns. We need to ferret out the sometimes unwitting ones and expose the subtle tricks they can play on the human mind. And to give us a sample of those subtle tricks, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shuka Kalantari, to see how regular people think about puns. She files this report. A pun can be a sign of high intelligence and wit, or the lowest form of humor, depending on who you ask. But in some cases, punning is a sign that you have a brain disorder. Here's Lionel of the podcast Lionel Nation to explain. The disease is called Witzelzucht, an actual neurological disorder marked by excessive facetiousness and inappropriate or pointless behavior or uncontrollable tendency to make puns. The patient nevertheless finds these utterances intensely amusing. Witzelzucht is a real disease, no joke. But it's super rare, so don't go diagnosing your friends. In most cases, 
Puns simply make us chuckle or roll our eyes. And sometimes, the same pun can have both effects. I would like to make a pun about philosophy, but I can't. <laughs> that one's hilarious to me. <laughs> I wondered why the baseball was getting bigger. <laughs> then it hit me. Also not so bad. That one's not so bad either. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. Something about the wording is not quite right. Where do fish go on vacation? Finland. That's nice, simple, and stupid. It's terrible. Have you ever tried to eat a clock? It's very time-consuming. Sounds good. I like stupid jokes. See, I don't like that one. It doesn't. It doesn't flow. Of course, you've never tried to eat a clock. No comment. <laughs> so what makes a pun a good pun? Are there criteria? They're never really good. A pun, a good pun is terrible. A good pun makes you cringe. I think a good pun is worded well and snappy. Sometimes the funny part about a good pun is how unfunny it is. Confusing. I think puns are dumb humor. And that's about it's just simple dumbness. You don't have to talk about it. You don't have to explain it. You just you just get it. I think a pun is more successful when it comes out of a normal conversation, as opposed to just reading jokes off of popsicle sticks. I think puns should definitely be funny, or they should be witty at least. Like there should be some wit. Back in Shakespearean times, puns weren't supposed to be funny. They were simply a smart play on words. But 400 years later, much of the wordplay is lost to us because of shifts in the English language. Take a Midsummer Night's Dream. In one scene, two actors are pretending to be star-crossed lovers, and one kills himself while saying, "Die, die, die, die." Demetrius, who is watching the play, responds, "No die, but an ace for him." Get it? Me neither. I looked it up. An ace here refers to the number one. Like ace of spades, but at the time, it was pronounced like the word ass, as in donkey. That hardly makes any sense in the 21st century. What makes a pun good changes with time, and even with modern puns. In the end, it's really personal taste. Ultimately, if you think a pun is good, if it makes you smile, then that is its own reward. For philosophy talk. I'm Shuka Kalantari. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening, and thank you for thinking.